Hello, and welcome to Confidently Wrong, a show by regular dudes talking with confidence about content we have no right to speak about with any kind of authority, but do it anyway. I'm Wesley Nakamura, and as always, I'm joined by award-winning director Brian Redondo and Savon Jones, a.k.a. Captain Bonnie. This is episode 78, and we accidentally made a whole episode on what we're loving. That's how much we're loving it! I'm confident that it's going to be the best show you've ever listened to, and well, hey, if it's not, you can always ask us for a refund. Incredible! Hello, everybody! In the intro, you heard me say that this was an accidental show. Well... This show was supposed to be part of the last show, but we thought, let's not put out a two-plus-hour show. Let's just put out two regular-sized shows instead. So this show will kind of have a pretty abrupt start. Sorry, not sorry. Enjoy the continuation of our previous recording as we geek out about what we're loving this week. Or last week. Well, what we're loving. Period. All right, let's do a quick what we're loving. I know we got to do one a couple of shows ago, but <laughs> there have been some cool projects that have kind of been tangentially related to what we've been what we've been talking about. What have you been loving this week, Savan? So I was having this conversation with friend of the show, Mike Smith. Mike, Mike Smith, Smith. <laughs> over at the Ringer Podcast, Battlefield <laughs> Mike, <laughs> Ringer Podcast, Mike, yeah, Money get, Mike. Get us on there. Get us on. You know what I'm saying. <laughs> But, Say what's uh, up to Bill Simmons for his thing. So, so he was telling, you know, so he was telling me I needed to watch that Watchman series. Like, right, I'll watch the Watchman series, but you need to rewatch Eternals. And you know, something I try and do with movies, especially movies I enjoy, is rewatch it away from all the hype and expectations. I already try to not have expectations going in. So I was like, I'm gonna rewatch Eternals, and I rewatched it. And dude, that movie is so much like I did, I liked it from the get go, but. It's so much better on a second watch through. There's so many little. Yes, there are so many little things in the movie that are just clear. A. There was this movie wasn't half assed, like clear, even if you didn't like everything about it, there was clear investment into little things in the movie. Like, you know, Sprite, our, our, our eternal friend who is always a young looking child. They actually plant seed. Dang it. They actually not plant hints and all that from the very beginning of, oh, she's probably actually not happy with her situation, you know? Like, Would you, know, you say when, that they did that right off the bat? No, they did it from the start. But point is, like, she she has a whole betrayal at the end of the movie, but they were hinting at that from literally the beginning of the movie. All throughout the film, she laments about looking ageless, about how it makes it harder for them to be able to integrate in society than compared to their peers, when Cersei and Icarus are married, she's the only person not smiling. Like they clearly are just like, yo, I'm not vibing to be here. When people make jokes about Sprite looking young and underage, usually Sprite's actually like normally it's like a ha ha ha. It's like when you, you know, it's like when your family all cracking joke and someone makes a joke and it's like, oh, that acts I actually didn't appreciate that joke. You don't sit, you don't <laughs> it's like short jokes, short jokes, right? Like yeah. Yeah, if you're just, short, you can't get rib for being short all the time. Yeah, often. and it's just like, yeah, so she's just sitting there just like but it was little things like that. that I'm like, hey, yo, they were building this up to the beginning. Or, oh, there's a scene where Sprite's laying on Icarus's shoulder in the car. And it looks innocent because Sprite looks like a kid. But you actually realize, no, Sprite is miserable about looking young and has feelings for Icarus. Changes the whole context of scenes like that. And it makes the betrayal better. You know, people complain about the film having so many characters and rewatching. And I'm like, actually... Every Eternal is actually pretty unique in what they value and what they care about, right? Like, you have uh, 
Kumal, what's his name? Oh my goodness. Kumal, Kumal Nanjiani. Nanjiani. I forget Thank the you. name of his character. I appreciate it. Kongo? Kumal Nanjiani, yes. But even his character, his whole bit is like he's a movie star thing. But in the final conflict, he literally says, I still believe in our like creator. I'm not about to fight y'all. He has his own own agenda. Meanwhile, Fastos has a whole I gotta protect my family thing. Meanwhile, Athena has the whole I just want revenge for the man I love who takes care of me thing while she also goes through dementia. You know, Druid has the whole I hate human beings. I could have fixed all this, but I'm going to live a secluded life. You start to realize the Eternals actually all have their own very unique <laughs> agendas and values and things they care about. And it's easy to miss that when you realize how big the cast is. But when you look at it a little closer, it's like, actually everyone's pretty driven by their own thing and have their own stuff going on. And it makes them feel more like a family. Cause that's how families are. People got their own stuff going on, own values. Like we might all be blood, but you know, like, well, you got a sister, but I'm sure y'all just have interests that are just so in different worlds that y'all don't identify with each other. And that's okay. So I don't know. It's a great movie on rewatch. The but own, do the those, deviant, I would, what? do those, but do those different concerns, priorities, and agendas serve the story? Yes, yes. Does it, that's does it yes. That is the, the story. Yes, because yeah. when they learn that we were beings who were artificially created to basically harvest the planet to create a thing, they all react in completely different ways that impacts how the finale goes about. Icarus is upset and is basically like a religious fanatic of like no this is all i know i'm not going to change my worldview sprite is miserable because she looks a certain way and doesn't let her live a normal life so she's like f that i'm willing to start over cersei is trying to struggle with what does leadership mean and what does she even care about in the context of all this you know athena just basically has dementia and is just trying to like live her best life druig is in the forest because i hate humans but i'm gonna watch over these people the speech the girl is just basically just a thief living her own just totally separate little world and fostos wants to just be a family man like each of them do different stuff for very different reasons and that's why again one character literally sits out the final battle because he's like yo i love y'all y'all gotta handle this yourself i'm just not even gonna fight and you know anyone who's had a family or a family conflict there's always someone who says yo i'm just not even gonna be involved in this which is his <laughs> own decision yeah 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 but it's not like they all just fall in line and say oh this is what i want some are motivated because humans have value. Others are motivated because of a loved one. Others are motivated for revenge. I just want to say what I'm loving this week is the fact that Savan just spent 10 minutes eloquently elaborating all the reasons why I said this movie was good like 30 you were episodes never wrong. ago. Yeah, you were wrong. You were right, dude. <laughs> Validated. And I liked Thank the movie you when I first saw much. it. I liked it when I first saw it, too. But it's even better on a second watch through because, again, there's a lot of deliberate like visual storytelling and lamp shading. And it's not like the movie just going through the motions. Every major thing that happens. Lamp shading? lamp shading? Like hinting at something. Mm, I like that. Ooh, I oh, lamp that. shading. I like that. I yeah. thought it was more never, akin to like gaslighting, but lamp I've shading. Never heard no, no, no. Lamp shading. All but, right, keep going. Sorry about that. I didn't mean to no, no, you could. But point is, you know, now the deviant part with that final deviant at the end, I thought that part was still a little bit messy. But if that's the low point of the movie, like that's not the end of the world. Overall, it's a really fun movie. And I said this before in the pre-show talk. I think that people, when they see that it's connected to Marvel, they go in with a preconceived notion that doesn't let them appreciate the movie for what it is. Because it really does movie, not feel like a Marvel movie. I'll say yeah, that. because it's because it just takes place in the MCU. That's pretty much the only thing about it. But if you, you can have lots of weird sci-fi movies that are about 
extraterrestrial beings sent to Earth in order to help guide and build up humans. And if you took the Marvel name off that and made it seem a little bit more brooding, people would say, oh, this is the best sci-fi thing I've ever but seen. That's the, but that's the thing. It is a Marvel movie. Okay, but like my point is that you're looking at it through but a why lens do we want that's it all coloring. Yeah, you're looking at it through a lens that is, I think, stopping you from appreciating it for what it is. Like, I mean, probably, don't go in no, saying Marvel right. XYZ. Yeah. Just go in saying movie and just what I get is what I get. And what I got was something I enjoyed because it didn't feel but, like a Marvel yeah, movie. But they did, then they did a bad job like setting our expectations for what that was going to be. I don't know. I think Maybe expectation setting is totally up to I think, I said no, this before, viewers ruin most stuff for themselves about how that's they build it up true. going in. Well, that might be true. <laughs> people but, judge but a fish set, by its ability to fly, bro. that are set are also set by the people who market the movie. And you're sort of like... Whatever, they, that's separate from the filmmakers. The people who and make the movie the people and people who, who market the movie are two different people, are, are completely different. The people who make trailers are not involved in the production of the movie at all, pretty much. They're nice. just saying, hey, here's some scenes, cut it into some gangster shit. <laughs> I will say, so though, did, Wes, you're right yeah. that it is, uh, it's still a flawed movie. Like, oh, it's not let's, perfect. Yeah, let, let's be real about that. Yeah, it's not 100% taught. There are holes okay, right. and there are shortcomings. Okay. But on the whole, thumbs up for me. Nice. Um, so wait, so Savan, did you actually go back and watch Watchmen, or did you just end up going back and watching Eternals because you gave yourself homework that you? No, no, no. I, I, no, I rewatched. Watch. I, I rewatched Eternals, and that spurred my conversation with Mike that okay. he should watch it. Okay. So he said, "I'll rewatch Eternals if you watch the Watchmen series." Okay. I said, "You know, that's way more content for me to watch, f- considering how stubborn you are. That's a fair trade." So I'm gonna. I'm so I'm working on starting the Watchmen series, but also, You're also stubborn, working so on I'm, starting. Yeah, yeah. But like, I'm also gonna check in with it's Mike in the queue. Is it? Oh, I got a long queue of stuff. People trying to get me to watch. I got a lot of stuff. <laughs> but point is, I can't into get the Spidey verse. Point yeah. is, Mike. Like, hey, I'm gonna start watching, but you better watch Eternals. All right. Dude, I, I can't get through Watchmen. I need to. Watchmen I, I is it's so incredible. Good, it's so heavy. You got to watch it. And we're not talking about the movie here. We're talking about the HBO series. Yeah, right? HBO series. But it's guys. so heavy. Yeah. I mean, just in the first few episodes, everything is just like, oh, this is so dark. Point no, is- but it's, it's like good. It does it in such a cool way, too. All right. So in a, and, in a past... And yeah. Watchmen. Uh, I mean, shout out to them for maybe putting, putting a huge spotlight on, uh, on Black Wall Street getting yeah. massacred and burned yeah. down like yeah. that wasn't in the popular consciousness before yeah and then suddenly you got like tom hanks writing an op-ed about it like i didn't know that this happened yeah Dang, Crazy. really anyway, i mean i feel yeah, like I there's a direct line between that and like juneteenth becoming a much more like known holiday or known oh come on i get lit for juneteenth fourth of july i'm like <laughs> i'll take the day off but i'm not getting lit <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> juneteenth we up yeah there we, there there no yeah. we out there the juneteenth we cook look all the all the all the july 4th cookout money is the juneteenth cookout money now july 4th <laughs> we just vibing <laughs> sounds good so brian you recommended severance watched it i really i, I really liked it i i wish the next season was out though I'm just like left dangling. It hurts you and your binge lifestyle. Uh, I know. I was I like, know. why? What, what I should have just waited. I should have just pain. waited for this show until season two was out. But um, I can. You I need can, like the box set. <laughs> once it's you should have like, just waited until season two. Yeah. <laughs> you hear yourself sometimes, bro. <laughs> no, it was it was really good. It was really interesting. Um, I didn't think they were gonna kind of end it where they did i thought they'd get maybe a little bit further into the story um 
but I didn't know if there was for sure going to be a season two or not. I thought maybe it was a self-contained thing. So by the time we started getting to the end, I was like, oh, they're going to leave us hanging quite a bit here. Um, they just don't have enough time to really wrap things up well. So interesting. We'll see where that goes. But if anybody else hasn't seen it, I definitely enjoyed Severance. Uh, we didn't talk about the bear, but apparently the bear has become quite a sensation out there. Yes, chef. Thank you, chef. Not to be <laughs> confused with bears out, you know, at clubs the animals. and stuff. Oh, <laughs> or, oh, at bears. The zoo. or at the zoo. <laughs> you say at the clubs? <laughs> oh my God, you out of pocket, bro. <laughs> um, you can find the bear on Hulu, or it's Hulu by FX, but it's on Hulu. And it's an eight-episode series. They're about 30 minutes each, um, each of the episodes. And holy cow, there has never been a more bingeable series in my entire life that I have seen. <laughs> I literally watched this whole thing in one night. I, I started probably about 8 p.m. Took a Dude, short every series you watch is bingeable <laughs> because you binge it. <laughs> I watched this. I, I watched it all in one night. Literally, I watched the whole thing start to finish. This is why They're you don't like, remember no anything, Wes. <laughs> You are a <laughs> no, teacher. You separate. tell your students separate. you don't get everything you know on the first read through. If I, if you gave me a book and I said I read it in one night, would you would you trust my ability to recall what happened? Yeah. I mean, if it was like the day after. Eye. That's not why I don't remember things. It's incredible energy. It's it's not chaos. It is it's just an incredibly energetic show and like I could not take my eyes off of it. The the lead character is really interesting he's complex the side characters are interesting and complex they they have this thing where like they're really antagonistic towards each other but they still are connected like that doesn't destroy their relationship and it's kind of interesting right in in the real world i think if you talk to each other the way that they talk to each other those relationships would probably not be very good or, or they'd be ending but in this show they make a point of like yeah, they talk to each other in a really harsh way, but they're also going to stay friends together. So if anybody hasn't seen that yet, I recommend that a ton. But what I wanted Wait, to talk about... Yeah, oh, Brian, sorry, you saw Wes. No, no, I was just going to say, I've seen a couple episodes, uh, so I know what it's about, but why don't you lay out just real quickly uh, what, what is the premise of the bear? Why yeah, it it's... Bear? I, I mean, I think there's there's like two premises, and one is like going on inside of the main character's head, that's a little bit more ethereal and not and a little bit more abstract. But the, the main premise of the main story is just that there's this young guy and he looks really young. I mean, he's probably, you know, he looks like he's like in his mid twenties, but he's, you're thrown into the middle in the first episode of him trying to like work this deli kitchen, kitchen, you know, area. And everything is just like going off the rails. And what you come to find out pretty early on is that he used to be, working in like Michelin star restaurants. He's classically trained. He knows how to like, he knows how to cook. Dude can like cook, but he's now in this like just mom and pop deli trying to figure out how to make this, you know, hole in the wall restaurant work. And he wants it to work a certain way, but doesn't necessarily want to do the same Michelin star thing, but also doesn't want to do things the way it's always been done. And it, it's it's a family restaurant, so you're like, okay, well, why is he now coming in? Um, and you kind of hear about his brother a little bit, and you're trying to figure out what's going on there. And then you you know you get this cast of characters in the kitchen. You see nothing of like the customers really. It's just it's entirely focused on what's happening in the kitchen and between you know be between all of the characters back there and the magic that they come up with through like chaos and pressure and stress is 
uh, incredible. I didn't think it was a Savan show. Me and Brian were both like, I think it's too stressful for Savan. It's pretty stressful. <laughs> like, like I don't mind stressful, but it's like, is it fun to watch? Like, I'm a, you know, I, don't I, know. I, I don't think it's, I, I think it's it fun. Was, yeah, yeah, I couldn't look away, but you might not like. I think you're gonna think it's too stressful. You're like, I could play Apex if I wanted to be that stressed out right now. I mean, I don't like sad, stressful. Like it's for sad. me, it's people oh, on drugs. For me, it's like sad for me, it's moments. like drugs and racism. I'm like, I don't watch this nonsense. But if it's just like, yo, my my restaurant is struggling, life is hard. I'm like, okay, I can I, I can watch that. It's it's stressful. It's fun because the anger is uh, the way that it's expressed on the show is fun because it's yeah. basically yeah. yeah, it's it's just all these people in the kitchen cursing at each other oh, all yeah. the time. Oh, yeah. in, in a Chicago setting, right? Like they got the Chicago energy. So, oh, yeah. So they, they, I think they turn. it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's fun in that way. But simmering underneath that anger, there's some sadness. Yeah. So that's, that's not necessarily what I want to talk about, but I loved that show. And my sister was like, this is 100% a Wesley show. She's also like, I 100% know that you're going to love Stranger Things. And I haven't seen a single episode of Stranger Things. And it doesn't seem like my kind of show in my head, but. I may have to check that out because she's like, I know you'd like the bear and I 100% know you would like the stra- uh, Stranger Things. So I may need to, may I, need to check that I out. I think you'd like Stranger Things. I don't know. I don't know that you'd love it. Okay. But All right. yeah, Sister Nakamura, she knows you. She, yeah, she knows. She she said I would 100% like it. So, I, you know, and she knew I'd like Severance. I don't know. We'll see. But Brian, Brian gets credit for Severance. He's the one that sold me on it. So yeah i'm two for two right now two for two (laughs) um brian revenge tour the new mic (laughs) what i found (laughs) what i found this week to really enjoy um and it was my last well exiles last week um and it was before i went back to work um at school was the series on disney plus called light and magic and it's very simply described as a history maybe even an oral history but it's a history of industrial light and magic which is george lucas's production studio they do the visual effects and special effects for a bunch of different movies and in the first episode you get a sense of how this thing kind of comes together in a very sort of piecemeal way it wasn't super intentional but like kind of intentional and you get to see them kind of figure it out and but they go from basically you know it's sort of like seeing a startup story right you're they go from basically what's like a garage or a small warehouse and just a hodgepodge of characters that like no like misfit toys basically and they start building the things for the movie and they're they suck and they're doing bad things but like they make a few choices Mm -hmm. that really set them on a path of we're gonna do it right we're not necessarily gonna do a lot right at first you know they're they're really trying to figure things out from an engineering perspective from a model making perspective from a photographer's perspective and they're all kind of mini directors. The show, and it's a, I think the show is six episodes, something like that. And mm-hmm. it, it goes through really the history of, of Industrial Light and Magic from the 70s all the way to, you know, maybe like 2000s. And it's, it's really interesting, I think, for Star Wars fans. But I think it's also just interesting for anybody who loves to see how, like, organizations work, how movie making works. I really do think Savan would like this movie because Savan likes Corridor Crew, which is kind of like it peels back the curtain a little bit yeah. about how movies are made, right? I watched the first episode. Uh, which one? Of uh, The Light, Light Magic. Magic. Uh-huh. Yeah. The so, right, you kind of get, like, some of that vibe, right? Like, they're kind of showing you how they did some of the 
the mm-hmm. scenes and then they show you like how this actually turned out and you're like oh that looks nothing like what they were doing and yet when you put it on film and put it on the screen it's completely convincing um and and they they really sell you on <coughs> excuse me ILM as a groundbreaking movie studio inventing new techniques inventing new tech um effects that nobody had ever tried before <coughs> and then sort of become staple Wes is getting choked up just movie thinking about making it. things uh-huh, yeah my voice feelings. is going but uh yeah so I enjoyed it I think a lot of people out there would like it especially if you like Star Wars but cool stuff but it sounds kind of like it's the DVD bonus feature of the Star Wars set <laughs> Like, uh, is, uh, this is uh, just uh, like promotion for George Lucas's machine. Oh, it's 100%. Yeah, yeah it's 100% like self-promotion. So you have to take that with a grain of salt, right? Like, but they, and they, they do talk about their warts a little bit and some of the struggles that they had. Mm-hmm. But I, I think in more, it's a celebration of, of what they've accomplished and how much of an impact they've had in the industry. Mm-hmm. Uh, is tell me, do you know if ILM is one of the effects studios that has come under fire for overworking all their employees? I don't know. Has that hit them? I, yeah, I don't know. I have either. no idea. But we, I, yeah, I guess that would not be something you'd see in this series. <laughs> no, yeah, this is definitely like, self-produced, self-managed. You know, they got George Lucas to speak on it. Um, they got Steven Spielberg. I mean, they got all the people who like really love working with ILM and a lot of the older original employees that were there from the beginning, even the ones that left. Um, there was kind of a changeover at some point where they kind of had a big shakeup and, and a bunch of people kind of jumped ship and they, they got those people to talk about their time and what they loved about working there. So <clears throat> um, just interesting. And and I, I, I do have a grain of salt of like, well, you know, they talked about how much impact they had on the, the industry, but you know, one of the things they talk about is, you know, George early on, and George is not the innovator here. George is the only the person who said, like, I want this. Can you guys figure out how to make it happen? (laughs) Yeah. Literally, that's all he did was like, hey, I want this to happen. Can you guys figure that out? And then they went. What was it that he wanted? Star Wars. Uh, (laughs) Just (laughs) the whole thing. Like, I want a spaceship, and I want the spaceship to be in space, and I want it to be shooting lasers and whatnot. How, yeah, he wanted to be up? fast. He wanted to be believable. He wanted like all of the parts to like mean something. Um, but more more than that, I think too, he wanted the effects to look as real as possible for that time. And so a lot of times they didn't know like no one had tried the things they were trying. And so they mm-hmm. would just have to make it up and see if it worked. And if it didn't work, they would go back and try a different way of of moving the characters or doing stop motion. And in the middle part of the series, and I don't want to give away too much, but they really do talk about some of the innovations that ILM comes up with for digital movie making. So they they give George Lucas a lot of credit for imagining the editing process as not a physical, like you literally cut out pieces of film and paste them together, but that you can actually just throw everything into the computer or a computer. And this is really before computers were a thing or like were actually like accessible, but putting them onto some kind of like workstation and being able to move the, the film or the frames around however you wanted. And you could work on multiple parts of the film at one time if you wanted to. And they, they called that system edit droid, which, you know, later on I'm sure becomes like the basis for how, you know, Brian edits his movies now, right. Using, um, 
using iMovie. Yeah. <laughs> well, but I do agree, though, like after watching that first episode, the best thing about it is it is nice to kind of get that reminder of, you know, we really do take for granted we're in an era where yes. all these ridiculous things can be put on screen and ideas, you know, like you think about the Doctor Strange movie and all the special effects and realize, hey, this movie wouldn't have even really been possible 10, 15, 20 years ago just because of the concepts are just so ridiculous. Making it work on screen is just, you know, it's the way Lucas, right? He, uh, like with the original Star Wars, he was like, yo, I want to do the original prequel trilogy, but like the technology for what I want doesn't exist yet. Yeah. And, what you do appreciate is that when people are innovating in an unexplored field, it's easy for us as lay people to think, oh, they're just making this all magically happen. And it's like a process that you follow to the T and there's instructions and it just happens. Oh, most you realize. Captain. Yeah. And you Sorry. realize, yo, innovators are just <clears throat> winging it, yo. Like to your point, <laughs> like even especially back in the day, like people really all just making shit up as they go. Yeah. And I well, don't and, say that yeah, in a bad way because the innovation that's anything. had to have. Yeah. Sounds very confidently wrong. <laughs> what you mean? He, oh, just winging it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I'm saying, like, it's, but that's. And they know, were it, just it, winging it. Yeah, it's hard, though. Like, it but really they, is they wild. They were winging to think. it. We never from done this. All these life experiences that they had had as model makers, as photographers, um, some of them as engineers, right? They were builders. And you get a really healthy respect for those, especially the early guys who were working. Yeah, it wasn't many women. Most mostly guys were working on those films, doing practical <laughs> model making, practical effects, trying to figure out how to make it most believable when it got shot onto screen. And they weren't necessarily beholden to okay, well, we got to make the ship move, right? They sort of flipped it and decided, well, if we can make the camera move, once you put it into the scene, it'll look like the ship is moving, right? And so mm-hmm. all of those things that they were doing, and then they also. Um, Brian, I don't know if you are familiar with it, but they called it motion tracking. And so they had a system, a hardware system that could measure where the camera was pointed, how it was moving at all times. So they could repeatedly shoot a scene exactly the same way with exactly the same camera movements so that when they changed out what was in front of the camera, they could continuity overlap. right yeah they could overlap you know four or five frames because the camera had made the exact same movement every single time and so all of the pieces that they had put they can just layer them and then eventually they get the shot mm-hmm. that looks like us you know a star speeder moving through the, the death star trench or whatever you know that they were doing all of that required them to build there wasn't anybody who knew how to do that there's no blueprint there was no blueprint right. then like now we say oh the movie is just just do xyz like all right it's real easy to say when you got the blueprint back in the right. day it really was like yo there is no blueprint there's an idea there's no bad ideas right now we're just gonna try stuff and see what sticks that is really cool and you're right Wes. it's the same reason i enjoy corridor crew like they would do breakdowns of old movies and say hey it, we have a program that does this now automated yeah, they had to do it back all then by there was no program you just had to thing. like what we do i don't know uh, we don't <laughs> slippery slope though we're at a point where you could just do anything basically they created all the toys it sounds like and we got all the toys now and sometimes these directors are too devoted to the toys and not the story yeah and they yeah, better address that in the show no <laughs> well and that's probably a criticism that you could level at george lucas 
I don't know. A lot of I old mean, movies got some mediocre stories, right? Yeah. No, a lot of old movies got some mediocre stories, though, bro. There's not a lot of old movies I can watch where I'm just like, "Yo, this is fire." <laughs> well, let but, me tell. Let me wrong. curate a list for you, Savon. Challenge <laughs> oh, no, accepted. Don't. Oh God, please don't even watch nothing in black and white. <laughs> Have you heard of Casablanca? <laughs> oh my God, please! No. I know that's like the first modern film. Anyway, so Light and Magic on Disney Plus. I really enjoyed it. I don't think this one is for everyone. I think you got to be willing to like nerd out on like the behind the scenes stuff. And that's what I was telling you guys. Like, I don't know that Brian would like love this because I think you're probably familiar with a lot of you are the behind the scenes. Yeah, you're you're familiar with like how the editing process goes and like how the relationships between directors and editors and and production staff goes. This is a work video. Yeah, yeah. It's like am I a work standard operating procedures? (laughs) Like what am I getting trained right now? (laughs) Day one, what the hell is this? So you may you may not enjoy it. And I, I think too, if you're not interested in like that behind the scenes look at how how George Lucas imagined movies to be made and how that process changed over the course of the last few decades. Well not the last few, like between the seventies and the two thousands, um, then then it's not for you. But it, I thought it was it was really cool. They got a lot of great footage. They did a great job showing old stuff with new stuff. They did a great job showing like what the like the original part looked like, and then how that shows up on the screen once they um, matted it together. I don't know. There's combined it together. I'm sure there's a composited right. They they use that word a lot. Composited together. So. Um, not not something anything that I think didn't know about, like in other behind the scenes stuff that they've shown about ILM, but the fact that it's all in one thing and they got all these people to talk about what the early days were like, um, just kind of made this I think worth watching, especially for Star Wars fans. Brian, Hell yeah. What are you loving this week? So uh I'm gonna do a little preamble but and then get to my real thing. And okay. the real thing is actually very related to this topic about you know, technology and creating art. Uh, preamble is season three of Umbrella Academy, which I've already talked about on this show. Go watch it. Wacky, dysfunctional, wannabe, not really superheroes meet their mirror version selves and in a fun house of sci-fi ideas. It's great. It's good popcorn fun. Go watch that. Okay. Primal, I've already talked about that on a, what we're loving before. Uh animated show 100% action zero dialogue pure <laughs> filmmaking bliss neanderthal man and a t-rex running through the jungle trying to survive every episode <laughs> phenomenal season two hbo max go watch that is rehearsal okay. making your list here uh we could talk about rehearsal another time rehearsal is <laughs> also interesting um but okay so that's my preamble going into the real thing that i'm loving right now uh, is a thing called Dolly, kind of like Salvador Dolly, but spelled like Wally with a <laughs> D. So it's Dolly. It? So D A L L dash E Dolly, oh, oh, okay, right? Okay. And this thing uh, exists on the web, and it's an AI art generator, right? So it's artificial intelligence that takes in. Uh, text input. So you just like type in something that you're imagining. Uh, So you might say uh, Kobe Bryant uh, as a Viking, uh, you know, fighting a horde of monsters uh, with the sun coming down in the style of a Renaissance painting. And then 
Dolly will say like, okay, thanks for, thanks for telling me all of that and spit out four images that as best as it can closely approximate the thing that you just described. And oh my goodness, is it, is it almost, it's like scarily accurate at how good it can accomplish this. And, and so I've just been, so I've been, I've just been kind of like geeking out on this kind of thing. Right now, Dolly is in a beta mode, so you have to get an invite. Uh, you have to sign up for the wait list, get an invite, and then get permission to use the the AI in this way. Do you have um, this invite? So I have signed up for it. I have friends who already have access. So in our WhatsApp group, there's just like, tell me some shit you want to see. So I'm like, <laughs> a hamburger eating you. Uh, running down the street, right, and then he'll, you know, he'll he'll text back with like, "This is what Dolly came up with." Oh my god! And it's just like the bonkers hell? some of the things that are going on. So I, so right now I'm waiting for access to Dolly. Um, I have access to a competitor called Midjourney, which is a bot that uh, you sign up for through Discord, and it's the same idea. Not not quite as accurate, but a lot of fun. Like I, I definitely procrastinated and wasted two hours yesterday just like <laughs> typing random shit in. Like I did Adventure Time cast taking a smoke break in an alley, and like it was amazing. I I also did a group of porcupines <laughs> singing in a chorus on a Broadway stage in an impressionistic art style. I got a beautiful painting out of it. Like, but Dolly does some even more incredible stuff. Like you could do, you could do like, uh, like just on their, their homepage, they have, uh, you could click around. It's like teddy bears mixing sparkling chemicals as mad scientists as a 1990s Saturday morning cartoon. And the image that they have is exactly that. It's like, it's so good. They, if you click around, you'd be like, okay, not Saturday morning cartoon. I want it as a steampunk style. And they totally have it. Bulldinging. It's like, like teddy bear, uh, you know, teddy bear plush. Gears and animals round stuff wearing and goggles. Like, yeah, wearing goggles with sparks flying. And it looks like it's photographed. Like, it's a blimp. This kind of stuff is just bonkers at how good it is. Like, it, it kind of reminds me of uh, Deep Fakes. And have you guys seen uh, Kendrick Lamar's Heart Part 5 music video? Yeah. yeah where it's him deep faking into other famous black guys uh, like Will Smith and Nipsey Russell. And Hustle. during the video, you're just like, oh, my God, is that actually Will Smith? Dolly is is pulling very similar trickery going on. And, you know, honestly, it kind of makes me worried about my profession because – down the line, uh, you know, we don't need creatives. <laughs> we just got we just got artificial intelligence, and it's doing a damn fine job. Like some of these things are like images that you want to print out, post on a canvas, and hang up on your wall in your living room. They're that good. They're it's just so basically, kind of like George Lucas. You just be like. Uh, here's what I have in my head. I want to see realistic spaceships firing lasers. And Dolly is just going to spit that out after 60 seconds. Right. And, you know, in the future, there's not only going to be still images, but we're going to get full fledged videos. Absolutely. I, I, I know that's coming. 
like I, I'm not entirely sure how the technology works, how they're able to, you know, take all the world's information and, uh, you know, kind of will down what Im- the the core qualities of images and then spin it into machine to spit out something properly. But it does it. It does it. So pretty soon we're going to get something else in the form of video. Like you're just going to be like uh, a whale flying through a forest on an alien planet that looks like a Ridley Scott movie. And we're going to get that. It, <laughs> it's happening. And, and one day it's going to be a two hour movie and we're going to love every bit of it. And, you know, part of the fun is that, you know, there might be like slight <laughs> wrong, parts. slight imperfections, yeah. robotic imperfections, but that gives it, all the joy that it needs, right? Just, you know, in a way that's kind of human. You should learn to be an AI tech person. That way you can get ahead of the curve. Dude, I just, I, I'm not, I don't want to build this stuff. I just want to see what it does. You can go into like adult entertainment and you can still be, you know, a war winning director, but you know, like, I don't think the AI, that seems like that would be easier to AI. (laughs) I mean, they they definitely already have deep fakes out there. I've seen uh, Scarlet Witch do some crazy stuff <laughs> in video, but um, the so Dolly, <laughs> I think, actually has a few restrictions, right? Like they they kind of don't let you do anything sexually explicit, um, and I think you know, gratuitous violence is also something that the system doesn't allow for. But you can get pretty creative with your descriptions to to at least approximate some things. But some of the, some of the more adult themed art is not is not quite coming out of the system just yet. Yet, though, my friend did send me a, a wonderful visual of poo on a stick flying through the sky. So there's <laughs> that. <laughs> it, it, it's like you're just mad living sentences, which is basically what you're doing. But yeah. Now I'm gonna have to sign up for this. Yeah, you you know you want to play with this. Oh come Are on, it's you... done. Oh, you know how much nonsense I got to type into this thing. Kratos smoking a blunt playing <laughs> PS5. <laughs> oh hell yeah! In and anime style, I believe all of that stuff already exists. If you do just like Google searches for that stuff, or uh, do a Twitter search, you know you'll find like all the amazing things that people have have been able to do. Am I uh, wrong to be like resistant to this? Like. It's it's scary. It feels it's wrong. honestly scary. I don't know if it feels scary. It just feels wrong. How's wrong. It, it feel wrong, wrong in what way? In like the computer is probably able to generate this in a pretty quick amount of time, I'd imagine. But like, yeah, like sixty seconds, I think. A lot of what, like, I think I, I'm not an artist myself, but what I, I think a lot of art is also like the process and the time and the like examination that artists do as they're making their art is like part of it. Then get um, an artist. Yes, but then there's also the art itself, right? That that kind of exists outside of just that individual and is like a thing that people can enjoy. And and this is this is providing that. And but I will say there is maybe not craft involved in yeah. creating these things, but there is you do have to you do have to understand the system to get something interesting. Uh, which kind of similar to how you would do a Google search, right? You got to be smart about the keywords that you're using to, to produce a, you know, a useful search results. Yeah. And you got to do the same thing here. 
So, but like I art mean, isn't just about the idea, right? It's also about execution. But like, think of you it this I mean? way. Imagine if you could execute anything, like you just needed the idea. Um, and that, that's kind of what this provides. Yeah, so it's, yeah. it's like a lower, it's like a lower barrier to entry, right? Like, but I think that's why I'm resistant. I don't see the problem, Wes. It's just making art accessible. If you just want to type in a silly idea and get a cool picture, you know what's the problem? If you still want to get yeah. an artist to get that extra little care and touch, it's not like that goes away. But you can't guarantee that an artist is going to use their skills to draw Iron Man, you know, playing PlayStation with his baby mama. I got a good one right now of Darth you know, Vader lighting a candle. fishing. So people ain't going to draw that. And I understand why they wouldn't want to draw it. I mean, so it's, me uh, to me, it kind of reminds me of uh, how... Uh, smartphone cameras are just getting better and better and better and they have a lot of auto features that mm-hmm. uh you know put things in focus and adds you know blurry and bokeh in the background and adjust the lighting so you can shoot wonderful things at nighttime you know all of that is made simple but it still matters where the human points the camera and what they put in the frame and so similarly you you know you got to use dolly right <laughs> like uh you gotta have you gotta use it right yeah you gotta right. have like this one that i'm looking at right now nosferatu in rupaul's drag race that's oh, brilliant it's, it's perfect uh i did what, what i i did one yesterday that was like uh pikachu meets godzilla in a basquiat style like done it was perfect totally had it yeah also you know don't well, like, how you, you gonna upset yourself style? using your phone like use the search for use the search function on your photos and your phone and you'll really be upset. I can type <laughs> yeah. in dog and it'll literally pull up every picture of my dog just oh, yeah. just no, I like, recognition I like that software. Feature. Walter White and Animal Crossing. Oh. Oh god. Beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah, Yo, you gotta send us some of these and we could post them on the on the <laughs> page. Yeah, something about this feels not wrong, but just feels I don't know if cheap is the right word, but you know, it feels like not as Maybe meaningful is what I'm looking for, and I, I'm not. I'm not a. I'm not a luddite, right? Like I'm not like. Oh, technology bad. Analog. Hater. Good. <laughs> I, th- I thought Savon was pulling back for a yawn. <laughs> no, <laughs> it, was, no. it was really just a boo. <laughs> no, boo, boo. People like me can't draw and will never be able to draw, and I have no interest in drawing. So if I can get something that can do this cool shit for me, like I'm here for it. Dude, I ain't dude. got money. I ain't got money to throw at the talented ones that they maybe entertain my ridiculous commission. Yeah, this is serving a different purpose right now. This is just like fun and games and like things that you text your your college buddies, right? WhatsApp group at the yeah, moment. Yeah, I don't mind it for that. Yeah, that that part is fine. I think, but the the future of it. I mean, like yeah. you could kind of extrapolate this right. and think about where the technology could go. But I think it it actually opens up more possibilities, and that's a good thing. I mean, how much art is valued because of how good the actual art is? People don't pay for art because it looks good. They pay for the prestige or the name or the story behind right. it. So, like, it's not like this AI is going to put artists out of work. People don't buy a million-dollar Basquiat painting because it looks good. They buy it because it has that brand and association and story to it. So an AI can replicate that perfectly in his art style, all that. It's not going to have that same value. So, you know, like... The artist, I think a lot of the art is going to be good because a lot yeah. of people are technically proficient. But like, is the Mona Lisa that impressing of a painting, really? 
it's mo- it's well, more about yes. the value and the story behind it. Yes, that too. Yeah, people aren't listening to Confidently Wrong because this is quality entertainment or we got high production values here. They do it because we do. Wes we Nakamura do. is we a do. name brand. <laughs> we do have high production values, gentlemen. All right, let's true. wrap it up there. Hit up Dolly and the end of civilization as we know it. <laughs> Uh, if you like, it's on Instagram. Their handle, their handle isn't Dolly. You can search I gotta look for that it. word up. Yeah, you can search for it. Um, what is the company name? It's uh, uh, open, open openai.com is the company. Okay. So they're... Oh, I see. It's openai and then Dolly is their handle on Instagram. So O-P-E-N, open, A-I, and then Dolly, D-A-L-L-E is their Instagram handle. And they got a bunch of examples of their stuff. It's it's pretty darn cool. They got anything from things that look like photos to anything that looks like uh, charcoal paintings to uh, oil paintings to more... Ab- not not as many abstract pieces, it seems. Kind of, they need... Like, I've seen some a lot kind of, of landscapes. Yeah, But maybe kind of, that's the thing. The users aren't thinking about abstract yet. Yeah. Maybe they should. Well, but that's hard of it. It's like, how do you tell it to do an abstract thing when the concept is abstract, right? It, it kind of defies exactly describing it well i mean ask any artist that identifies as an abstract painter yeah like how do they figure it out they figure it out but they don't necessarily have to like tell you what it is ahead of time i think (laughs) they do the they will do the same thing that the machine is going to do which is just think about the history of abstract art (laughs) and then play off of that or just you know vibes or vibes <laughs> I need Dolly to smoke some weed. <laughs> I was like, what are you doing? Oh, I was just doing some shit and it just kind of worked out. Yeah. Well, it would be interesting if, if it is open source, like you could have programmers or artists or whoever change some of the underlying programming and tweak it in a certain direction. And that maybe that becomes the way that they differentiate themselves too. Mm-hmm. And that's how All we right. get GLaDOS and the world ends. And yeah. It's going to have Rick AI. Astley in every image. Hal's going to take over. All right, I got to go. We, we got things to do, gentlemen. It's already <laughs> past lunch. I'm cranky. I'm hangry. It's time to end All right, this. cut it right there. <laughs> At confidently underscore pod. Hit us up on Instagram. Uh, tell your friends about our show. We're working nice. hard on this show, and we love doing it, but we also want more people to listen, and there, we know there's more people out there who would enjoy listening to our ridiculous ideas and our ridiculous thoughts. And we're so, awesome. Tell your friends. Tell your family members. Put up the reviews. You know how it goes. See you later. She all coming. Yeah. Bye-bye. Bye.